Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. This <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. We're taking another swing at this thing, uh, and uh, that is because Lisa has kindly consented to do it yet again. Uh, traveling like you are, mm-hmm. is, there, is you've been pretty much every place in the United States, right? Oh, and I don't think so. A little, I think bit, there's little lots, bit of Canada, too? There's lots of places I haven't been in the United States. Well, what about Mexico? Have you been there? I have. Remember, we had a That's listener. in the United States. Oh, Mexico. You sound so simple. I just got to go. We had a listener when we were on Como. Remember, we took all those listeners to Mexico with, with us? Oh, yeah. You remember that? That was really fun. Yeah, it was. That was. That was. That was. Were happy days. That were fun. I saw read on your Facebook posting uh, not long ago because I do check Facebook regularly every year, <laughs> and I saw that you had a little dust up in Vermont, and and it's been way too long since you've had one of those, and so <laughs> I, I wanted, know. I wanted to talk about that. I know this stuff follows me around. I I really am not sure why, but okay. Well, tell people the story. And and your reaction to it when you posted it? This was um this was upsetting on uh, lots of levels. But I had a very long meeting in Vermont and uh, all day meeting. I finally got back to my hotel room and I sat down pretty late. It was around eight thirty nine uh, to do some more work. Hey, by the way, what's it like in Vermont? Uh, uh, Vermont is famous for not having any billboards. Moonlight in Vermont. Are you seeing a lot? Are you still seeing residual Bernie Sanders signs everywhere, or is that not so much the case? I well, I didn't even think to look. Mm-hmm. You know, when, after you take that flight from Seattle over to Vermont. Yeah, your, your eyes are pretty crossed, and I didn't even look on the way to the hotel. So no, oh, wow, I, no, sorry, okay. no, no, didn't. So see you, for all you know, you weren't even in Vermont, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, okay. Right. So I am working uh, at my computer. It's pretty quiet in my room, and I hear some voices out in the hallway, and I hear a little child's voice out in the hallway, and then I don't hear it, and then I hear it again, and then I don't hear and when it. When you hear the little child's voice, you get mad. <laughs> Throw the door Shut open. Up. Shut up. Shut up. So I am working, and pretty soon I hear this this tentative little knock on my door. It's just a little teeny tiny little little knock. I'm not even sure it's a knock, but I'm pretty sure somebody's tapping on my door. So I think, all right, 
well, get I'll get up and see who this is. And of course, I look through the eye hole and I can't. There's nobody there. There's a, I look in. There's, there's no eye there. There's nobody there. And I hear it again, and I open the door, and in front of me is standing. And Frodo is there. I'm, yeah, in front of me is standing a tiny child, a tiny boy child wearing Superman pajamas. <laughs> I'm thinking. This is weird. You know how few children you see walking around wearing Clark Kent pajamas? <laughs> right. There's a franchise waiting to be developed. And he wasn't upset. He just looked up at me. I said, well, hey there, buddy. Uh, what are you doing? Nothing. I said, well, where, where are your parents? And I'm looking up one way and down the other way. There is not a soul in sight. It's a very long hotel hallway. And he said, I don't know. I don't know where they are. I don't know where my grandma is. And I'm like, ah, oh, geez, are you kidding? What? Really? And so I, I think, well, now do I pull the child into my room to call the front desk and call security? Yeah. Well, I can't really leave him out in the hallway because I don't know if he'll wander off or somebody will snatch him up. So I said, hey, buddy, do you want to um, you want to come in to my room and we'll see if we can't find your parents? He's like, okay. So he <clears throat> comes in. You got a mini bar? <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, dear Lord. Okay. And I, so I call the front desk and I'm, I'm getting a little upset and kind of furious that somebody's lost their child. Um, what, what, what's the front desk saying? Well, I called them and said, I have a little tiny toddler in my room who, does not know where his parents are, and I'm calling you to deal with security, or I, I'm getting ready to call the police. I don't know what to do. She was very nice and, and just sort of shocked herself, and she said, "Well, let me let me send security down, and um, we'll we'll handle it." And I said, "Okay, fine." So, not wanting to upset the child, he was a pretty good little boy, and so we talked about Superman and Superman's powers, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was. Clear at the other end of the hotel, so it took them quite a while to even come. You know, if he really was Superman, I know. you didn't have to open the door. He I saw didn't. you. <laughs> yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Well, we were going over all of that. Yeah. He said, that, you know, he didn't have those powers. So, uh, but he was very sweet. He wasn't upset. He was just hanging out with me, and and. Pretty soon I hear voices coming down the hallway and I go to the door and I open it and here comes his mother uh, with the security guy. And I guess the grandmother is lagging behind and it sort of happened all very quickly, but she, she sort of, she scooped him up and she said, you know, um, I'm, I'm really sorry. She did apologize to me and she scooped him up and said, don't ever do that again. And, and I'm like, and then he start he bursts into tears and I'm like, he didn't do anything. It's not his fault. And well, now you don't know that yet, right? How can it be a three? Oh, I asked him how old he was. He was three years old. So he's three. And and um, it's, it's never a three-year-old's fault, is it? Well, no, I mean. I don't think could, so. No, I, I mean, I'm going to take devil's advocate. I haven't heard the whole story yet. but And no, and you haven't told the whole story yet. But, but believe me, um, there's nothing more elusive than a young child. You, I mean, I, there's so many stories of people I know, who felt I know. they were watching them closely and, 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 and were to a reasonable extent. Sure. 
But man, they can wriggle away quick. You always hear those horror stories of, of children course. falling out of windows and things like that. And, and we've had a couple of stories in the news this year about yeah. that very thing, which yeah. ended tragically. The little boy who got eaten by the alligator and all right. of that stuff. Yeah. And the one that got in the pen for the, the gorilla that we had yeah. to shoot the gorilla. Yep. So I, um, she said, you know, he was... He was having a tantrum, and so we put him out in the hallway, but we were right there, and I'm thinking, I'm sorry, you did what? Okay, now things are changing. We, he had a tantrum, put him out. I didn't hear him having a tantrum, by the way, uh, out in the hallway, and that- How I, far away were, were you from their room? See, I don't know what, I think they were probably maybe five, six doors down, maybe. I don't really remember, okay. but that just- I don't know, infuriated me. And, and I said, again, it's not his, and she's just taking him and whizzing him down the hallway. And I go, it's not his fault. And he's crying. And I'm thinking, I hope she doesn't do anything to him. And he, the, the security guards kind of like taking his hands and kind of saying, it's okay to me. And I, and I just got infuriated with that. And I said, no, it's not okay. It's, and you're going to have to bleep this. I'm screaming down the hallway. I go, that's bullshit. Nuts. I missed it. Then it was over and I went back into my room and I just, I was so upset by it that they would, you know, put him out in the hallway. Why would you put a three-year-old out in the hallway? No, so I posted I this on Facebook and, you know, of course, so many people were, you know, saying you did the right thing and, you know, calling security and thank God he knocked on your door. I mean, of all the doors in the hallway, he knocked on one that somebody was there who wasn't a creepy person that, you know, that was going to take care of him. Thankfully, that's the thing that bugs me the most is he could have just, I mean, it could have just been tragic. And well, it, other, it isn't so much that he might encounter a creepy person, but he might encounter somebody who didn't didn't uh, take any action at all. And pretty soon the little kids wandered sure. out of the building and he's out in the street. Who knows? I mean, so. Right. And then I had some people who, you know, said you you should have called the police and reported her. And and I'm I'm with you, Pat. I I tried. I'm, I was trying to think about it's easy for kids to get away and trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. And and I, you know, some people were saying you still should have called after the fact and reported it. And I just I didn't because I just didn't feel like it needed to go there. And I I'm very curious about what your take is on that, because I now I started second guessing myself. I didn't sleep all night. I was upset by the encounter. I was upset by some people saying I didn't do the right thing. Um, I think I did. I think I handled it. Letting In my mind, hand, handing it to security, it's now their issue if they want to call the police. But what do you think? Did I have a, a did I have more of a responsibility than I stepped up to, to, to do there? I think you what you did was just about exactly right. I mean, I, I, I know there when you put something like that out there on Facebook and you see this all the time with social media, there are uh, there is no end to opinions. Mm -hmm. There is no end to. Uh, you know, righteous individuals who will tell you, no, you, what you should have done, you should have called the cops, you should have done this, or you should have butted out. I mean, they could tell you just the opposite. Uh, but, but I think as far as you took, it was probably about right. I, I think my opinion would be changed on, on the basis of how the mom reacted. If the mom was just like, well, you know, torqued off at the kid mm -hmm. and, and not ashamed of herself, not, uh, I mean, I would hope to God that the mom was just embarrassed and really didn't just couldn't believe that, that it, this had happened. But 
but there could have been any number of factors at play. Maybe the kid's a complete monster, and they're just at their wits end. I mean, yeah, who knows? I but, know, I know. But, but um, but you can't put a little three year old out in the hall. I mean, come on, that that to me doesn't really. Uh, that, there's not really a very good explanation for that. I yeah, mean, I'm that was... I'm trying to reserve judgment on it because all of these things you're saying are, are things that crossed my mind, and I have a new puppy, so I know. I mean, and that doesn't even compare to a two year old, three year old toddler. I I understand. I'm not trying to compare them, but I get the frustration and. And I, it's got to be hard to be a parent. I'm, I've never had kids, and I don't really know. Um, and maybe she didn't tell it right. Maybe she yeah. didn't. Maybe that's not. But that's what she said: is that she put him out in the hallway. And well, for my money, we have that to go off of. For my money, the old uh, canard about well, what do you know, lady? You have haven't ever sure. had kids. I mean, there are agreed. There are. I would say, in my observation, the majority of people. The majority of people who have kids shouldn't have kids. I mean, you see it yeah, every day. Right. You see it every day. They, they're they yelling at the kids or they're just paying no attention to them. They're on their phone, kids wandering around. We've talked about this mm-hmm. a million times. Mm-hmm. So for to use that as justification for, you know, putting somebody down, that they don't have kids, what do you know? Mm-hmm. I'm an expert because I have a kid. No, you're no expert. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who wrote a parenting book with his wife years ago and uh, you know they had just had a child like they're they but then they were suddenly experts so i think what you did was i think what you did is exactly right and uh, you could have gotten more involved and you certainly could have got less involved and that's what most people i would think most people uh, that's my prejudice that most people wouldn't do that much as you did I just I, say, well, you better scamper along, little guy, and go back to your room because mm-hmm. I'm no busy way. and I'm working right now in my gosh, room. No way. I just, yeah, gosh, that not. little guy was out there, and he had Superman pajamas on for crying out loud. Yeah, and, now he came, you, and he came to my Lex, door. If he had Lex Luthor pajamas on, would you have felt differently about him? Yeah, I, yeah mm-hmm. that's a tough one. Yeah. That is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, but – Bless his little, he's just so sweet and innocent. And, you know, I just, oh, poor little guy. And and then I worried about being the Good Samaritan who, you know, takes a kid into my room. Am I going to face any problems with that? Well, you got to think about that. I hate that we even have to think that way these days. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to just risk it. And, you know, I hope, you know, hope nothing goes awry and, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, don't get, I, I don't get, you know, blamed or charged or with anything. And because uh, you just never know when you do something like that, you never know. Right. Well, I told you about a flight we were on one time, my wife and I, where they were calling over the intercom for anybody with medical experience to come up. We have a man who is, uh, uh, well, it turned out he was he was choking to death and dying and and did. Uh, but it was interesting that that nobody uh, – it was a big packed airplane of, of over 300 people. It was one of those. Mm. And we were coming from Hawaii. So, again, extrapolating from all that information, I would think that out of 300 people uh, coming back from a place that, you know, you reasonably think you have, have to have a certain amount of income to be able to afford to go to, that the uh, – the, the, the likelihood was high, I felt, that there had to be medical people, doctors, nurses aboard that flight. But not one came forward. Is there a doctor in the house? 
Is there a doctor in the house? I'm a doctor. Not one, and except for my wife, who was a nurse and tried to revive the guy who was already gone. But you're put at risk anytime you try to do the right thing anymore. You have to be thinking like you did. Mm-hmm. Gee, if I bring him in my room, sure he'll be safe in there. But what? How might it look to somebody else? Like, did I nap the kid? What did I do with him in there? Sure, it puts you in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I think that that the mom and who knows where the dad was in this thing. Maybe the dad wasn't even around. But uh, that the she really owed you an apology. She should have taken care of the kid put grandma with him and then ambled back down the hall mm, to talk yeah. to you or sent you something. Mm, yeah. Good point. Dis- I didn't even think of that. But. Just to discard the whole matter as well. That, that takes care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just shows a lack of class and a lack of, of appreciation for the, for what you did, because if you weren't there, then who knows how it would have turned out. Right. What would she have told the police then? Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you I did hope good. The little, you did good. Thanks. I, I hope the little guy stays safe and yeah, hopefully. And I, I'm sorry. I hope it scared the you know what out of her and maybe she screwed up. She and, did. And maybe maybe makes some different choices and tries harder and doesn't scare him. And I don't know. I just that's so. It wasn't. It was not fun. That's for sure. Wasn't did fun. You, did you get? Um, did you get some? counter opinions to that i mean did that were there people on facebook because some people can enjoy relative anonymity on facebook mm-hmm. were there some people who said you should have just butted out it wasn't your business oh no nobody did but the, okay. the the discussion was really whether or not i should have called the police immediately did you do enough yeah. And and I don't think they were saying I didn't do enough. I think that most of my friends were pretty outraged at it. So they were saying you should have called the police, like not that I didn't do enough, that that, that woman deserved to have the police called on her. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I would I, I would take it, That's entire, how I take it entirely from her attitude, too. If yeah. she was, if she was uh, in your face, for example, or if she was de- demonstrating some sort of uh, overbearing and, and impossible to ignore lack of responsibility mm-hmm. in the face of this, then yeah, I think you might have gone a step further, but uh, I don't think you had enough to justify calling the police and making potentially making her life mm-hmm. miserable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows what could have escalated into right. you know, child services getting involved, and you know, and it could have turned into a nightmare. She screwed up, though. She should have acknowledged that. Or acknowledge that, and uh, but uh, that—that's the only difference that I could note. Because I mean, goodness knows, I've screwed up with our, our kids a lot. I, I put um, one time I thought for Halloween it would be fun to make a uh, a mummy. So I took uh, my oldest son and I wrapped him in gauze so to to form this mummy, and you know and. and Basically made kind of a plaster of Paris sort of thing that he was wearing. Oh, God. I mean, this is well, this was years ago, and it's very stupid. I didn't think it through, but 
pretty soon, you know, we, I cut a nose hole for him, but yeah, of course he, <laughs> so he can breathe, but he can't move. And as this stuff hardens, it's starting to press in on him. Oh, and he's no. starting to panic, and he's getting very scared. And I'm, I'm in a panic. I got to cut this stuff off of him. And uh, it was, if you were a neutral observer watching this, uh, you probably would have drugged me off to the Who's Gal. And the only thing I did really wrong was, was that I was stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. You're stupid all the time. So this is, you know, my, this that was my first trip I took this after the summer. Is you know that's already happened. Stupid. So who knows what the hell is in store for me for the rest of my work travel this fall? But I well, want- here's what. Let me tell you. Let me just jump in with what. Speaking of trips for the summer, my wife and I bought this travel trailer years ago. Mm-hmm. I bet I bet we bought it four years ago, and it's in a vintage 1964 Aloha travel trailer. It's it, we we paid. Like a thousand bucks for it. It was it's a beat to hell. It's uh, the paint's coming off it. The interiors, you know, needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But why'd we love it. But we you, love it. Why'd you buy it? Because we thought we thought you know what, it's going to be fun to go camping. <laughs> We're going to go camp. We're going to travel. We never wanted to camp in a tent, but we thought with a travel trailer, sure. that's going to be great. Yeah. And we'll bring the dogs with us, and we'll go to all of these travel sites and. We'll, uh, it'll be fun. We have, it has a little stove in it. It has a, uh, it does not have a toilet, uh, but other than that, it's got all the comforts of home inside. So we thought this is going to be great. So for basically for these four years that we've owned it, we've done nothing with it. It is sat outside. The only, the only real use I got out of it was one, one night when my wife and I got in a fight and I, (laughs) and I stormed off. I so stormed I have, off. I have a guess where you ended up. Yeah, I marched right out to the travel trailer, uh, and uh, and I spent the night in there. And you had and, redone it, so it was all crappy inside. Oh, it's so, all crappy inside. So, oh, what a but, yeah. But but the the worst part of it was that I get up the next morning and I think, oh, well, I guess I showed her. I paid the clerk. And I got, I come into the house, and she is still in bed, and she had no idea that I went out there to make this big statement. She didn't even miss me, had no idea that I was freezing outside. I guess I showed her. I guess I showed her. So... So this travel trailer basically was a lawn ornament for a long time, but I, but we still love it. We went inside it and, and we pretend like we were camping a lot. And one time we took it up to a lake, but then it started to rain and didn't look so much fun. So we took it up and turned around and didn't even spend the night in it. We went right back home with it. Oh boy. So now a couple of weeks ago, we're down in central Oregon and my wife for my birthday said, I've got a little surprise for you. I said, oh, what is it? She said, we're going on a camping trip. Wow. I said, oh, that sounds kind of fun. I, I said to her, "The only my only caveat is we got to be able to take the dogs with us. I don't want to leave the dogs home. She yeah. said, nope, the dogs are coming. I said, great, where are we going? She said, we're going to go up to Crater Lake. 
They've got a campground up there. I've got reservations. And we're going up to one of the most spectacular natural wonders mm. of the world, where I've only been a couple of times as a kid. So, so I said, that sounds great. We pack up the travel trailer and get in the car. And, the, and from where we were, where we're staying in Central Oregon, it's about a 90-minute drive. Not too bad. That's not bad at all. No. And so we go up, and he, we're climbing, climbing, and they're doing road work up there at Crater Lake. So it got a little dicey with this travel trailer, which I'm not entirely comfortable with pulling uh, behind our truck. But we got there. We got to this campground just fine. And the dogs are there, and and they said, you might find a campsite with power, but most of them don't have electrical power. And we thought, oh, boy, I sure hope we find one with power so we can have lights and and get things to work. But by then, you know, I'm a fatalist, and I figure, oh, we probably won't get one. I know, yeah. But we do. We find one. It's a nice little pullway. We've realized later why nobody else had parked there is because we, uh, uh, it was so tight to get in there. But we did. We got in, and it was fine, and we plugged in, and we had lights and everything. And so then it's nighttime and, you know, I'm, there's no internet. There's no, and I don't have TV. I thought that, uh, well, I brought my laptop. We'll watch, uh, we'll watch DVDs. Mm-hmm. No, this new laptop I bought doesn't have a place. doesn't have an optical drive. No, it doesn't yeah. have a place for, to play uh, discs. So It's called an optical drive. Which I didn't notice until, of course, that moment. That's because everything streams. You can stream. Why didn't you stream? Well, we didn't have internet. Oh, oh! It was, it was just there was no internet there, so I couldn't use my phone. Yeah, you know, so we were really roughing it. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. So we thought, oh, it's okay. Let's let's go to but, sleep. And but why would you take your travel trailer somewhere just so you could watch TV? You could do that at home. Well, it's nighttime now. You know. Can't you play cards or checkers or? Oh God! No. I don't know. There must be a million other things a married couple could be doing at night. Oh, boy, I, I can't really think of anything. Um, and neither could my wife. Okay, so this sounds like a great trip so far. Well, I'll just read. Oh, uh, okay. No, we'll just we'll read. Yeah. yeah, let's just go to bed. Let's go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> sounds like you're having a blast. Yeah, yeah. I think we were going to stay two days. I think we've already decided we ain't staying two days. <laughs> if we can, if we can get through this night. It's, and again, it's not that big a hardship. I build a fire. We we make s'mores. We cook hot dogs. It, 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 all that part's fine. But then, I, but I slowly start to realize I've never liked camping. Why did I think it's going to be any different this time? I've right. never liked it. Yeah. Whether I'm in a travel trailer, and of course, I've, there's a lot of envy going on because I'm looking at these monstrous motorhomes everywhere. One guy's got a, the Dish Network dish sitting outside his trailer. So I'm thinking, oh great, he's watching the Mariners game right now and I'm sitting out here making a hot dog on a fire. I know. I don't know why you don't just write yourself a little post-it note and put it somewhere every time you think going camping is going to be fun and then just look at that and go, oh yeah. I remember me- now. If, if, or just call me because you tell me this every single time I know, you go camping. I know. Just call and, me and I will I will tell <laughs> you. 
if our if our country in its infancy depended on people like me uh, we, we would have we would have been easily taken over by the British we'd never pushed forward into the West getting in covered wagons and stuff are you kidding me I'm not doing that. I'm with you. Yeah. I would have been completely useless in the old days. Completely I know. And I'm, useless. I'm not proud of myself, but that that's that's just kind of how I'm wired. I guess is how I grew up. My dad never went for that stuff, and my mom, and I guess neither did I. But uh, the, at the end of it all, I think that there is hope for us that we're going to have fun camping, but we're not going to have fun camping if we bring the dogs with us. That was the biggest mistake. Why? Those, what those did dogs, they do? They were up all night. It's a little tiny travel trailer. They're in our face. They're breaking wind. <laughs> the summer wind came blowing in. Barking at, you know, oh, a, right. a leaf falling outside. Yeah. It lingered there. It just was a nightmare with, with them. And they didn't have a good time, and we didn't either. And it was just too farty to party. Too sweetheart. And the summer wind. However, Crater Lake oh, is, is gorgeous. It is everything you think it's going to be. And it surprises me. I bet you've never been, right? I, I have not. Most people I talk to that live in the Northwest have never been to Crater Lake. My brother has never been there. You know, he grew up with me. Never mm -hmm. been. And uh, so uh, it, it is really worth seeing. It will not disappoint. It's stunning. But... This is the horrifying secret about Crater Lake. It, turn, it turns out Crater Lake. Are yeah. you sitting? Are you sitting down? I am. Crater Lake is not a crater. What? It's a caldera. What? What is that? It's the difference between where those those two uh, geological how they're made. A, a crater comes from when, like, a meteorite or something hits the earth and punches a hole in the ground. Right. Makes a big circular yeah. uh, hole. But a, a caldera, uh, it, this particular caldera, the top of a volcano, it when it collapses, just falls in on itself. That's a caldera. Not nearly as sexy as a meteorite hitting the, hitting the earth. Well, a crater's a crater, isn't it? Whether well, they're 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 given different names for that reason, and and so it should be Caldera Lake. Oh, and I think for marketing purposes, well, that they, just somebody up. said that's just when nobody's going to come to Caldera Lake. Let's call it Crater Lake. Okay, they just sucked the magic right out of it for me now. Now I find out other yeah. things. I said, well, what else don't I know? Turns out a Panama hat is not from Panama; it's from Ecuador. <laughs> Turns out the Hundred Years' War was 116 years old. <laughs> Took that long. Turns out cat gut isn't taken from cats. It's taken from sheep intestines. Oh, my God. The more, the more you look at it, I... the, more, the more we're living in a phony world. Yeah, a world big, of lies. That lie. Wow. Lies, lies. You're telling me that you'll be true.
um, change our way, some pocket change. It helps keep the lights on, keep the podcast running. Cans, cans of food are welcome. All that stuff is yeah. welcome. So uh, big thanks to Tim. I hope I'm saying your name right, Tim. Tim po- sounds right. Poitevin. Poitevin. Uh, Heather Gibson, Anton Staley, Alan Christensen. Anton Staley? Yeah. Do you know he's, him? He's one of my oldest and dearest friends. Oh, that's We went to so college together. Very nice. He lives back in Green Bay, Wisconsin now, so he's a cheesehead, but still a good guy. <laughs> um, longtime listener, Alan Christensen. Thank you again. Lynn, oh, yes. Lynn Johnston, Jan Alexander, thank you, and Michael Chang. Uh, thanks, all of you guys, for doing that. For those of you. Michael Chang, the tennis star? I don't know. Maybe. Time I don't know. Um, but just go to our website, peculiarpodcast.com. Uh, you may be on it right now listening to this podcast. That's um, well. And if you'd like to contribute, we really appreciate it. And also, I want to thank um, our social media gal, Maureen uh, Salisher. We haven't thanked oh, her man. in a long time. No, we should do that every five minutes. <laughs> we should it. do it every five minutes. She yep. is fantastic. She keeps our Facebook page up and running. She handles all of our social media stuff. And, um, I, you know, we owe her dinner or something. <laughs> Oh. Or at least a can of Alpo. <laughs> was that you, Pat? Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm, yeah. It just took me right back to that trailer when that yeah, Exactly. So thanks, Maureen. A big yeah. shout out to you, my dear. We, now, we need to thank her more, but I don't think we need to thank Dave Tavers uh, anymore. I think we've, we're done with that. Yeah. Don't I you agree? Right. Yeah. So don't even bring his name up. No, no, not at all, because Dave Tavers has been mentioned more times than you and I even say our names on this podcast, wouldn't you say, Pat? I would say so. Let me switch gears wildly here. Um, Listen to this music. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? You've heard this a million times. Mm-hmm. Everybody's heard it a million times. Yes. It was written by a guy named Leonard Cohen. It's a ballad. It's called Hallelujah. And uh, it is in throughout the movies and TV shows. And it, it's used so much that Leonard Cohen himself finally said, you know what? I think it, it's a good song, but too many people sing it. I want to do a moratorium on Hallelujah from now on in the movies. Well... At the Emmy Awards uh, a few weeks ago, when they did that in memoriam thing. Oh, I missed the Emmys. I'm very upset. So tell me what happened. Well, a woman named Tori Kelly played the acoustic guitar and sang Hallelujah uh, again. So apparently the Emmy people didn't didn't know that Leonard Cohen says enough of playing my song. Over. Uh, well, he'll just have to get over it, I suppose. Well, I suppose, but it's a great song, so he's I, he's he's grateful. But uh, a million people have recorded it: Bob Dylan, John Cale, a uh, guy named Jeff Buckley, singing here, has done the song, and that's the one that most people imitate when they cover it. But it has been featured, among other things, in uh, Shrek, in the TV show The O.C. It's been in a movie called The Watchman, Lord of War. It's been in ER, Scrubs, General Hospital, Twice, Trauma, House. That doesn't surprise me. I don't really, that doesn't surprise me at all. American Idol, The X Factor, America's Got Talent, The Sing-Off, Dancing with the Stars. I mean, that is like the go-to song if you want a touching moment. And singers love it because it really lets them show off Mm -hmm. some emotion and, and 
and their ballad abilities. Uh, and and it's a, it's a tremendous song and it's iconic. But uh, when the guy that wrote it says, you know what, just stop singing it for for a while, would you? Give it a rest. I mean, then you have to kind of say, okay, well, since you wrote it, uh, I guess your opinion is the one that counts. But that doesn't mean anybody's going to listen. What else is going on with you? Well, um, you know, speaking of movies and entertainment, we lost somebody um, recently that just, I, I don't know, it just kind of made my my eyes tear up again and and because I actually met this incredible woman who is an angel. We met her uh, on our radio show years and years and years ago. It was a huge day for me in radio to meet her, and that is uh, Charmian Carr, who played... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. she played Liesl on The Sound of Music, and you like to call it The Sound of The Music, but it's just <laughs> sound of mu- The Sound of Music. And yeah, she recently uh, <laughs> passed away. She was 73 years old. Uh, that's, that's not in, old enough. Lived in Los Angeles. Now, and... did she play? She played the littlest Von Trapp, right? No, for crying out loud! Are you serious? She played uh, I am sixteen, going on seventeen. The oldest girl. Oh, the oldest girl. Yeah, Liesel. I am sixteen, going on seventeen. I know that I'm naive. Fellows I meet may tell me. Because all, all the real-life Von Trapps are gone now, right? Uh, I assume. don't know. I think the, yes, the real-life Liesl, uh, her name's, I think, Agatha or Ag- Ag- Agathy. <laughs> I don't know, Agathy Von Trapp. You know what? I she get died, her... wait, wait, wait. She died in uh, in 2010, so she died, she was 97 when she passed away. Oh, wow. You get what? I, well, I get um, the one that you just mentioned that just died. Yeah. Uh, mixed up with the girl who was the little girl in uh, It's a Wonderful Life that says... Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That little girl okay. came and visited our radio show, too, now a grown woman. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Okay. So but, I got those two people mixed but up. But Gretel is the smallest, is the youngest member that played played Gretel... Um, I'm looking at this now. Her name's Kim Carath. She oh. played, she played Gretel, and uh, said that she and she and uh, Charmian had a lifelong uh, relationship, like real sisters. Um, after the movie wrapped, so um, very sad indeed. It's but, always <laughs> tough when you when somebody passes away that that was part of your childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though you don't really know them, it it hits you in a way that uh, a more casual. Uh, you know, somebody you're more casually aware of does. Sure. I think Gene Wilder probably did that for a lot of oh, kids yeah. that, that grew was up. Recent. That was recent, too. With Willy Wonka and those kinds of mm-hmm. shows. Yeah. Yeah. But Charmian was, um, she was on a press tour. She had a book, Letters to Liesl, if you remember. So she was, you know, heading around <clears throat> doing interviews, and we were lucky enough to have her in the studio. And I remember you being very surprised at how emotional I was. Yeah. Yeah. Why were you so surprised at that? Well, because I th- always thought you were cold and calculating and with a that had no a person with no heart or no well, that, core. all of that's true, but <laughs> I I really do like it, it was a revelation to me that that movie you never oh, said anything yes. about it before. Yes. Yeah. One of my absolute favorites and of course when I was 
15 or 16 was one of the is when I first saw it. So I really connected with Liesl and, you know, she was everything I wanted to be as a teenager. And so it was I just remember being in tears when Charmy and Carr came into the studio. And we were always finding out new things about people we thought we knew really well. (laughs) I remember your reaction when you found out that I was into necrophilia. As far as I was, I'm, I'm, I've now gotten comfortable with that yeah. idea, but yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you had a genuine look of surprise on your face mm-hmm. uh, when you first found out about that. Yeah. It doesn't bother me now. In no, fact, but, I've looked into it personally. But didn't you actually participate? They have those sing-alongs at the at the yes. Fifth Avenue Theater and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to host the sing-along Sound of Music. That's right. I remember which, that. Which, I mean, this is a huge, the Paramount Theater was just, or yeah, it was the Paramount was just filled to capacity. And there were, uh, people came in costume. They were dressed as nuns and dressed in lederhosen. And, and it was just a fantastically fun time where we showed the movie, had the lyrics up on the big screen everybody uh, participated that was really a lot of fun to do yeah and i bet you you nailed it you know i've never was as into that movie as you were but i think that would be that would be true of most guys i guess but uh, man what a gigantic movie. why there's war and nazis and all, you know yeah but then they all... keep they keep singing they ruin everything <laughs> is there a musical that you do i mean that's an interesting yeah, interesting there, there is yeah is it don't tell me it's paint your wagon it's paint uh, your wagon uh, isn't it it's bold. no no it's not paint your wagon what is it um well i generally like all the rogers and hammerstein Movies, uh, uh, musicals, South Pacific and and Carousel and Oklahoma and all that. But my all-time favorite is so corny, but I just love it a million times over. And it's the Music Man. Oh, love that. Uh, love that. Dick music. Van Dyke. No, no, no. Robert Preston was the was the central figure. Oh, I thought Dick Van Dyke. What did Dick Van Dyke do? Uh, he pouted, he pouted because he wanted the part. Probably, yeah. No, he was in I've Mary. Never, Dick Van Dyke was in Mary Poppins and a lot of. I've stuff. never seen the Music Man. You what's, haven't? What's so good about it? Oh, it just well, it's um, it's just charming. First of all, it's got lots of great songs in it. Uh, seventy-six trombones, bum, 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 you know that? Yeah. Seventy-six trombones led the big parade with hundred and ten cornets close at hand. And there's a beautiful songs in it too, uh, like "Good Night, My Someone." You know that song? Good night, my someone. Good night, my love. Sleep tight, my someone. Sleep tight, my love. Our star is shining. It's bright. And it's such a pretty song. That is pretty. For good night, my love. For good night. And this one may be even more so. There was love all around, but I never heard it singing. No, I never heard it at all till there was you. Kind of hokey, right? A little too hokey for anybody else to record. 
or is it? Perhaps you've heard of the Beatles. There were bells on a hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard them at all till there was you. Uh, so there's a lot of songs with gusto, and then there's some very tender, sweet songs in it. A very young Ronnie Howard. Oh, yeah. He nice. plays a little kid who has a lisp. Winthrop mm-hmm. is his name. Can't even say his name. Winthrop. Oh. And, uh, and uh, so the the main character, Professor Harold Hill, is a charlatan. He's a he's a, a big phony that comes to town. He gets people excited. Uh, he's going to bring in. He's going to. They're going to have a band in this big town. He's going to teach kids how to play the instruments. He has no qualifications. He's not musical at all. It's all a big sham. He does it episodically as he moves from town to town, always one step ahead of the law. Until, guess what happens? He falls in love. Oh, brother. Yes. <laughs> I already hate this musical. <laughs> and why? And why? And why wouldn't anybody fall in love with Shirley Jones? Oh, I know. She's Marion the Librarian. It's yeah. just a, it's a wonderful movie. It's just got great songs in it. And I always dreamed that someday I would get to play the part of Professor Harold Hill. To me, that was mm. a dream role because it's a lot of talking. And there's the great speech where he talks about, he talks to the citizens of the town of River City. Oh, we got trouble. We're in terrible, terrible trouble. That game with the 15 numbered balls is the devil's too. Devil's too. Oh, yes, we got trouble, trouble, trouble. Oh, yes, we got trouble. Get your big, big trouble. With a T. With a capital T. with P. That's with P. That stands for pool. That stands for Remember, my friends, listen to me because I passed this way but once. you got to see it. All right. Make right. you smile. All Even right. though it's very dated, it's about a time that is in our distant past. It's so idyllic that it really never happened, I suppose. But it uh, it's charming. Robert Preston, Shirley Jones, Buddy Hackett is in it. Paul Buddy Fult- Hackett. Buddy Hackett. I Buddy Hackett. I always thought was just on like Hollywood Squares. I never even knew what he what stuff he was ever in. But I think he was mostly noted as a um, a nightclub comedian. Ah, that's and, right. Yeah. And while it's not a novelty now, in the day, he had one of the dirtier acts. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's very blue. Uh, but, of course, you never would know that he looked lovable and charming. I know. Very you see him sweet. in the movies. And very stuff. sweet. Hey, um, before we wrap up here, um, can I just uh, mention the uh, big promos that Alaska Airlines is doing with the Seahawks? As you know, Russell Wilson's the – chief football whatever thing yeah. for Alaska Airlines. Yeah. But as I was traveling recently, and and this isn't anything new, but it just kind of just, just made me mad because apparently if you're wearing Seahawks apparel or I guess a specific um, – Twelfth man sort of I stuff. I think it's – actually think you have to wear Russell Wilson's no, jersey, whatever yeah. – Number he is. Number, I don't know. Number three. Okay. Well, I don't know what number he is. You've got, to, you you've to, got to learn that. Why? Why? You've got, to I... see, you've got to see the music man and you've got to know why? that number three. You just have to. How is that going to benefit my life in any way? No, I don't know, not. but it probably will. Well, it will benefit me, actually. You're right. Because guess what? If I do decide to put on that jersey, I get apparently I get early boarding priority at, at the airport. Yeah. Oh, really? It just made me so mad the other day. Are you sure you weren't just seeing things? No, you get to get on first. If you're you get wearing, to get on first. The like 
you know, the first class people get to get on, the military people get to get on, the the Seahawk wearing people get to get on, and then there's me at the back of the line with oh. none of the, with none of those special. I can't believe that. With none of those special perks to get me, which I I'm not really sure why it matters if I get on. For, what yeah? What is that psychology about? Well, why, I'm telling why you, why do I care if I get on first or not? But it just made me. No, mad. I've never I've never wanted to be on first. I mean, I don't want to sit there. I want to get on is just as the last minute. So just before the wheels start to turn, I, I hate sitting on there. I know, but, uh, ever. but if I, and I, Russell Wilson seems to be doing just fine. And I'm, I'm sure he's got agents and people that are trying to steer his career. Just, Oh yeah. Just, just right. But if I was Russell Wilson, I wouldn't take part in something that made it, that people got rewarded for basically their idolization of me. I mean that would I'm he, very, he, he, he should be embarrassed. I'm very surprised to hear you say that. I, I well, just, it doesn't sound fair. It sounds yeah. cheesy. It sounds like marketing. It's it sounds like he's the uh, uh, self centered sellout, and I don't think he is that kind of. Well, person. but listen to this too. There's more. They're they're now rolling out a, a discount on flights to the cities where the Seahawks are playing away games. So that's kind of a cool thing that Alaska Airlines is doing. So yeah, that's fine. I mean, that, 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 that's, uh, that's a you know, one hand, uh, you know, handing off something to, to another. But just because what you're wearing, I don't think what you're wearing. So, so my question is this, should I go out and go shelf out 50 bucks for the amount of travel that I do? And I fly Alaska a lot. Should I go shell out 50 bucks for a Jersey to wear so I can get on first. I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, I mean, what if you, uh, you know, what if you're going to, I don't know, the International Festival of Porn Films? What? And only, only people who get on in the nude, you know, get preferred seating. <laughs> right. And then what if everybody has a jersey on? Then how do you, t- 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 do you. Ha- That's right. What What then? I don't know. That, they, then you, yeah. I don't know. No. It's just one more thing that takes me off. I just, thanks for listening to peculiar podcast hey goodbyes (laughs) join pat and lisa online at peculiarpodcast.com the gift that keeps on giving the whole year and on the peculiar podcast facebook fan page sweet on twitter at peculiar podcast at mr pat cashman and at foster chick join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. 